0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I want them to have a good curriculum that teaches them how to think and not what to think.
1: The self imposed disaster that Mayor de Blasio has brought to New York. And Glenn Youngkin has been able to capture those interesting points in people's minds. Just got canceled out of nowhere. Preserving
0: forests and other ecosystems, helping to slow climate change. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views. You know, that whole climate change thing, uh, boy, they are getting raked all over the coals for the hypocrisy. Did you hear that Joe Biden's caravan, 82 cars, 82 cars in his caravan, he has burned up more uh, CO2, carbon footprint. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of horse trading to it, uh, reduce their carbon footprint.
1: Is that because he's got a, a big medical team or what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be,
0: might be something to do with uh, extra diaper The diaper, depends, <laughs> the <yeah>. diaper brigade. <laughs> yeah. Greg Murphy has sent a letter to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin in response to the Department of Defense's decision to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine for U.S. service members. Thank you. Representative Murphy in the letter, he said, as a member of Congress and a practicing physician for more than 30 years, I'm deeply concerned about the Department of Defense's decision to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine. I understand that noncompliance would result in the dismissal of thousands of exceptionally highly trained uh, service members. Just as our nation is having to confront a platitude of challenges on the global stage, most recently, the disastrous exit from Afghanistan, the compounding threats from the Chinese Communist Party, including their testing of the new hypersonic missile systems. During a time of high stress, as our service members respond to the crisis throughout the world, it's reprehensible that our Defense Department would consider relieving Marines, airmen, and soldiers who have made the choice to selflessly serve our nation in the armed forces simply because of COVID-19. And their vaccination status, I worry that dismissing or refusing to deploy unvaccinated service members could critically impede operational readiness and undermine U.S. national security. It's also highly disturbing that service members who did not receive the COVID-19 vaccine will not only be excused from their duties, but they have to retroactively pay back any bonuses received for their service or lose additional benefits, regardless of any recent training they have undergone. It is clear that the Biden administration is putting political science above long-term national security interest. I implore you to reconsider. I appreciate your careful consideration of my request as a matter of national security. I look forward to your prompt reply. Well stated, Congressman Murphy. Don't hold your breath. I do not see these people change. And bottom line is, you're absolutely right. It does put our nation in peril. Mm -hmm. It does harm our military. But here's the problem. I think that's what they want.
1: You know, you got to think it's got to be intentional because, um, a- again, we've talked about before, we're not anti-vaxxers or anything like that. But the, you know, Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, every person up in the in the Biden administration had said repeatedly it's not the federal government's place to yep. mandate a vaccine over and over and over again. All the so-called experts and then the political knuckleheads what changed that? What changed all of a sudden? You can't say it's the science. Now, without a doubt, I think if you if you hadn't had COVID, um, particularly if you've got conditions, I think you need to get vaccinated. I mean, I just I've stated that pretty clearly. Your choice. But the science is crystal clear that having a vaccine is not causing not having being vaccinated is' not causing the spread in right. fact the science is really goes the kind of other way on that right so what what why is this why is, is it authoritarianism authoritarian the barney, barney fifes of the world are are do, do they want uh the end of civilization as we know it in america with they well, want the end of america when when we have uh you know, not enough law enforcement on the job, not enough firemen on the job, not enough healthcare workers, not enough. Um, just you, just name it. Totally uh, destroy our economic system by pilots, bus drivers, truck drivers. It's, if you know. want to nationalize everything, this is the way you
0: do it. You I, cripple everything and say, "Well, we've got a national." I believe it. there's
1: more in play here. That's what I oh, yeah. do.
0: Uh, Carolina Journal, along with other media outlets, are reporting yesterday, late yesterday. Roy Cooper vetoed the bill to rein in his dictatorial powers, as well as the power of any successors. H.B. 264, which was a bill Keith Kidwell introduced, Emergency Powers Accountability Act would have required that the governor receive concurrence from 10 members elected at the uh, Council of State for an emergency emergency declaration of more than seven days, And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, we've talked about this uh, numerous times, but uh, he vetoed HB 264 yesterday. Um, Here's my simple advice: since he is going to veto this bill, that basically, in basically, it gave some parameters to the law that was already there. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's 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 not really. Oh, this is a huge addition. It was really a definement of the current law in the books that the governor, I would say, is, is ignoring. I mean, the the idea that he go get concurrence from the Council of State, that's already in there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, it did add some stuff that, you know, after that point, they've got to go get concurrence from the legislature. But right now, I'd say the governor is ignoring the current law. And so... I I don't sound like a vigilante, but my simple advice is ignore any of Cooper's executive orders that relate to this.
1: Well, certainly, you know, it was not the intent of the law for the emergency use powers to extend for two years. Now, you hadn't you hadn't heard any Democrats make any argument at all. In fact, they've been silent about it other than Cooper vetoing it. I mean, you you could let's just say you made argument that bill. Let's just say, well, what is it, seven days? Maybe it ought to be two weeks, three weeks okay let, let's have that discussion but not two freaking years yeah, yeah. i mean that's well, that's not what the constitution intended that for the governor to have those kind of powers just absolutely not absolutely not and uh, again looking back at the bill
0: it's intent. I don't think it ever even imagined such a thing as what we had with COVID. Maybe it did. Maybe, you know, another smallpox or something. I don't know. It
1: was for hurricanes. Let's, for, let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's call it what it is. Bingo. Let's call it hurricanes. In North Carolina, it was for hurricanes. A weather emergency. Yep. Weather. Hey, again, it, it, could have been, it could have been snow. But, yeah, it was weather emergency related. Anyway,
0: uh, I don't think that bill is uh, gone forever. It will come back uh, as soon as we can either get a veto-proof uh, vote in the legislature or um, get a get mark robinson in there
1: so <laughs> since the governor of north carolina has had veto power i think that was the hundredth am i right on that 100th veto that he's vetoed by a governor oh total governor yeah because he's done he's done 60 some
0: and the all the other governors combined are 30 some
1: yeah so i think i think it was 100 and he's done 65 of them and what year was the the veto power introduced it was in the mid-2000s or early or late no late 90s
0: i I was gonna say early 2000s yeah early 2000s yeah okay
1: um virginia
0: polls open this morning at six o'clock uh, they have set new records for early voting for a gubernatorial race. Some 1.13 million voters submitted early ballots. Nearly 20 percent of Virginians who can vote, not according to Target Smart. Former uh, Governor Terry McAuliffe, a Democrat, is vying against Glenn Youngkin to succeed Ralphie Boy. Youngkin uh, said on Fox News that he saw the early voting numbers, which is traditionally the Democrats are the majority party that votes early. But Youngkin said he thinks that this is good for him. He thinks it's a positive for him. And he didn't really explain why, but uh, he thinks it's good. And Now, I will say this, that, uh, boy, the crowds for Yunkin have been enormous. I mean, one of the last—now, yesterday, we, we had mentioned yesterday, the last rally that was going to take place last night for Terry McAuliffe up in Virginia Beach with uh, Kamala Harris was canceled and I'm sure it was canceled because it would have been an embarrassment for Kamala Harris. Nobody to show up because he was only having literally 30, 40 people show up his rallies where uh, Yunkin was having two, 3,000 people show up for his rallies. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all turns out. I, per, perhaps this is an um, indicator as to what we're going to see tonight. Newsbusters is reporting that last night... On well, the national news for the mainstream networks ABC, CBS, NBC, they did not even mention the Virginia governor's race. Didn't even mention it. What does that tell you? Yeah, it it tells you <laughs> they think that uh, there's going to be a uh, big u- upset. Well, you know, it's not a, considered an upset now, but it's certainly an upset from where it was just a f- couple of weeks ago. So, uh, you know, they they're, they did stories and all kinds of goofy stuff. Nothing of any kind of national importance. Uh, ABC spent uh, coverage on climate change, uh, focusing on Queen Elizabeth's call to action. CBS (laughs) spent a large chunk of time covering Hillary Hillary Clinton's aide, Huma Abedin's new book. NBC spent uh, their time, uh, a story on a food truck in Austin, Texas.
1: (laughs) Would he get robbed? (laughs) (laughs) probably how about the queen how about the queen from out of the royal family giving us a lecture on climate change yeah (laughs) how many many homes do they have (laughs) thank you i mean when they travel it's you know it's probably less people less entourage and travels with a a whole army brigade probably but the the point of the story is
0: again we see that there's no bias in the mainstream media Mm -hmm. i mean that and when you say that there's bias in the mainstream media, that's merely a conservative talking if, point.
1: If Yunkin wins this election, I bet that you will hear very little. It will be buried. It won't oh, yeah. be first story. Yeah. Um, I, It'll it, be
0: interesting. I mean, usually in a, an election—and this is a—now, look, if was the other way around, if this was Donald Trump in the White House— Bellwether oh, event. Oh, big time. But, I, you know, usually you see the— Networks break in. I I'll be honest with you. I I don't watch any of the networks anymore.
1: I don't watch. I mean, I mean I'll watch a ball game once in a while. Occasionally, I'll watch a few minutes of the news just to see how biased it is, but see, I, see what the other side is yeah. thinking. But
0: you know, normally they would they would break into the programming and have a little you know thirty second, sixty second blurb about what's going on in the race. It'd be interesting to see if that happens. If today. they
1: announce it, they'll pull a Joe Biden and say, uh, "Youngkin
0: won," yeah. they'll whisper. <laughs> Did
1: you hear him today?
0: Oh, goodness. The cheating is started up there in, uh, Virginia, uh, in Virginia. Interestingly, there's reports out that numerous polling places in Virginia, and, and I asked Benny before we went on the air, who is more likely to wear a mask, a Democrat or a Republican? And the answer is, and Benny said, a Democrat. So in Virginia, going into a polling place, there are numerous polling places, and it sounds like it's happening more in northern Virginia. They're turning away people that don't have masks, saying you're not allowed to vote unless you're wearing a mask. Blatantly uh, unlawful to do this. There is no law up there that says (laughs) you cannot vote unless you have a mask on. And yet, they're doing it. So if you don't have an ID, no big deal. Come on in and vote. But if you don't have a mask, sorry. But if you can hide your identity, (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome to vote. (laughs) Yeah. So wear a big mask and and vote vote multiple times. Come on in.
1: I I may have told you this before, but you know what I do to irritate the people at the polling places when I go vote? I walk in there with my ID in my hand, and I just oh, throw just it. A, no, we don't need that. Well, here it is. No, we don't yeah, need that. I uh, just do it. Uh, to uh, be uh, a jerk.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I
0: must. Well, like mine's. I've. I've. Uh, I, I haven't thrown it down in front of them, but I said, "Don't you want to see my ID?" No. No. no that's no big deal. Uh, also, a uh, Virginia delegate, a Democrat Virginia delegate, was pulled over by police last night after a deputy witnessed a woman hopping out of a car in front of polling places and stealing the signs of Republicans. Now, listen, this has gone on for a long, long time. And I'm not saying that Republicans never do it. It never crossed my mind to do it. I'm not saying that I hadn't wanted to do it, but I respect There's been some times that I wanted to run over some signs on the side (laughs) of the road. I've never done it. When I ran for the state Senate back in 96, I had numerous signs knocked over and stolen. And and we had people that actually saw people doing it and, you know, followed. I the, the, There's a guy that worked for my campaign. He actually confronted the person, and they just lied. I didn't do that. You, you, must you remember the
1: guy that set up the little electrical charge on his sign? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> didn't he get charged or something? Did he? I mean, uh, charged with an ass, you know, assault or something, one, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, but hey, no, there's no cheating going on. There's no election fraud going on in these polls. No, no, no worry about that. Um, So anyway, it's uh, Election Day, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens up there. Uh, Newt Gingrich Gingrich said last night that if it is close, beware of major cheating by the Democrats. He's basically said last night, I think it was on Sean Hannity, that, hey, we better hope and pray that that, that Yunkin wins by a large margin. Interestingly, that is not the only—we've got to take a break, but there is another governor's race going on in New Jersey, and there's an interesting piece that was uh, written, and uh, I want to share that with you because uh, this one writer, who's a political consultant, thinks uh, the Republicans got a good shot at winning that. We'll talk about that when we get back.
1: News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in
0: his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a low around 43. Partly sunny on Wednesday. It's only going to be 56 for the high. Tomorrow night, a low of 42 with mostly uh, cloudy skies. Thursday, a chance of rain comes in mostly after uh, in the afternoon, a high around 56 chance of precip, 30 percent chance of rain again in the evening, 30 percent chance of rain. So uh, all in all, it cools off, but not that bad of a forecast. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18 hole Le True video design course, full service dining and outdoor pool tennis and more. The newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family, including, how about a Christmas party? For your business or family, family and friends, give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. And looking for gift ideas, stop by the Pro Shop. You can buy all kinds of golf equipment and apparel and golf lessons and rounds of golf. There's a good uh, Christmas idea. Give him a call, 252-752-4653. John LaMonica is one of the best golf teachers, I would say, in eastern North Carolina. Give him a call. He'll set you up. So, the uh, by the way, just saw this headline on Fox News. Biden claims um, McAuliffe will win by, uh, win Virginia as the polls close soon. So... Yeah. Thank you, Joe, for that great insight.
1: <laughs> but he said if he does, it's not a reflection. Whatever happens this election in Virginia it's not a reflection of of him. I heard him say that today at a press conference, you know. So 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 to me, <laughs> what, well, I mean, that's telling me that they're already setting up. Hey, if we lose this election, it's not because Biden went and campaigned for him. You know, yeah, yeah. I, you know, just it, listen I, to I, all the Democrats that are that are part of the campaign. McAuliffe himself. I think they are truly worried and desperate. It, they they have, they have a sound of desperation in the voice. And some of the things that Terry McAuliffe has said the last few days is just that pretty shameful and an an extreme stretch to the point of a lie. Oh, yeah.
0: last night he was at was it last night or two nights ago. In, in the last twenty four hours, he was holding a rally. And at the rally, see, he this he, is about the books. N- now, no, this was oh. about the Donald Trump. Oh, because yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry McAuliffe has wanted to tie Yunkin to Trump mm-hmm. the whole time. He's wanted to. And in a, in a recent rally, uh, rally in the last day or two, McAuliffe gets up at the rally and said, Do you know what Yunkin is doing right now? He is holding a rally with Donald Trump because he's trying mm-hmm. to make it a, a Trump referendum. Mm-hmm. Total lie. Yeah. Total lie. Even the Washington Post said, What are you
1: talking about?
0: M- made it out of thin air.
1: Yeah, and he's actually made a statement. I mean, it was like this this election is about a referendum on Donald, Donald Trump's Trump. policies. Yeah. You know, it's and uh I mean Yunkins pretty much <laughs> distance itself as much as possible. I I just I, I just don't think except for except for the echo chambers when he's talking to these few people he has at the rallies, I that that's I, that's, the voters are not going to listen to that lie, I don't think.
0: Yesterday I mentioned just in passing that Juan Williams, the news, Fox News analysis, analyst, um, th- that he was you know, really trying to make say that the, the Virginia race is, uh, is about race, and that's pretty much all I said about it yesterday. I was digging deeper into that story today on The Daily Caller, and, and The Hill, which uh, published the op-ed. Uh, Williams is now saying that the phrase, quote, parents' rights, is a code word for white supremacy. This is basically <clears throat> what he said in this op-ed in The Hill. The right to voice opposition to race-based curriculum has become a defining issue in the 2021 Virginia gubernatorial race between McAuliffe and Yunkin. In his latest op-ed Williams argues that parents' rights is a rallying cry that is full of racial division. What did what do these are these people are? What are they drinking?
1: Well, I I, I think uh, Juan Williams, if he had any integrity at all, it's completely gone because he doesn't. There's absolutely no way he believes this. Y- you know what is a miracle? Juan Williams' son. I can't remember what his name is. He is a.
0: St- staunch conservative. Really? Yes. I know that. <laughs> Williams' heart back to the 2017 election of Ralph Northam and his competitor, Ed Gillespie, stated that he did not want to see the Confederate statues removed. The liberal commentator claimed that the closing argument for that race is the same as the, in 2021. Once again, full of racial division, but this time it's dressed up as the defense of little children. <laughs> You know, this is the kind of thing that Obama was talking about when he was down there campaigning for McAuliffe, and it's backfired big time. So, Juan, keep it up. You're probably helping the uh, Republicans when you say this kind of stuff. The no, op. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. The op ed made no mention of Northam's racial scandal. Yeah, Northam, remember, dressing up and. Yeah, blackface. blackface yeah. yeah. Williams claims that the concerns of the Loudoun County Public Schools st- stem from white parents feeling ignored when they complain that their children are uncomfortable about learning about racism. Well, what is critical race theory? It is racism. <laughs> now, it's Marxism as well, but it's racism. When you, when you make a blanket statement... Now, granted, liberals don't think that minorities can be racist. Only whites can be racist. But when you label someone and you define them by the color of their skin, is that not the definition of racism? Absolutely. And that's exactly what the CRT is doing in these schools. It's a campaign to stop classroom discussion of Black Lives Matter protest or slavery because it could upset some children, especially white children, who might feel guilty. Well, they feel guilty, Juan, because the teachers are telling them. You are guilty. We played that audio yesterday by that mom who the six-year-old kid came home and said, Mom, am I evil because I'm white? Because that's what the teacher said. Juan
1: Williams, you have lost credibility. You've lost your mind. You know, Juan Williams, uh, he either has a place at the Outer Banks or vacations there a lot, because I, kn- I know a number of people that's run into him at the Outer Banks. And they say he's a nice guy, but I so I, I just think he's, you know, I think that's his stick. <laughs> he, he That's... That's how he gets on all the shows, is the, uh, as, uh, as the left that very well could be left leaning loon. But I mean, he can't possibly believe some of this stuff that he's spewing out of his mouth. We'll see. I just don't believe it.
0: Speaking of op eds, there's an op ed in the Daily Caller by Michael Hundem. He is a Republican media consultant. This deals with the race in New Jersey, which is also taking place today. He brings up some really interesting facts that you you stop and consider this, and you say to yourself. Is Phil Murphy going to end up end up losing that race? Now, he's running against a guy named Jack uh, Sattorelli. He's the Republican nominee. But Mike Hoondam makes some interesting points. Lost in all the focus on future failed Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McCullough's creepy dancing skills is another off-year election in New Jersey. Here we have an equally clownish Democratic candidate. His name is Phil Murphy. Just like McAuliffe, his record matches Democratic overreach. More government in our lives, and let's tax everything we can touch. Let's build a nanny state that tells you how to live your life. McAuliffe's loss seems almost inevitable, and New Jersey is not immune to runaway gas prices and rising inflation either. Democrat enthusiasm in both states is extraordinarily low for a variety of reasons. New Jersey voters don't lap up the liberal policies their Democrat governors put forth. To wit, listen to this, no Democrat incumbent in New Jersey, the Garden State, has been reelected in 40 years. One-term Democrat governors Jim Florio, Jim McGreevy, John Corzine, none of them won reelection. The most recent Republican governors, Tim Kaine, Christy Whitman, and Chris Christie all won re-election. New Jersey gubernatorial races are famously decided late because of two main factors. First, they're off-year elections. No federal races in the House of the Senate or the President on the ballot. The second is New Jersey voters consume information from New York and Philadelphia who really don't pay that much attention to New Jersey. Jack Satorelli is the Republican nominee who channels more Reagan or Bush than Trump. Jack recently held a town hall event in Cape May Courthouse in the southmost, southernmost uh, New Jersey where attendance exceeded three times the expectations. It's doubtful any event Murphy could hold, even in the northern part of New Jersey, could make that claim. Jack is just what the doctor ordered, not Fauci. A pro-business, serious, and measured gentleman, he also has an electoral base of his own, having served as a member of the uh, general from the Somerset County enthusiasm matters, Republicans have it, Democrats don't. Jack has momentum. And, of course, they go into, uh, the writer of this op-ed goes into the NBC poll we talked about yesterday that 71% of Americans believe uh, America's on the wrong track. Keep in mind, he goes on to say, when consuming New Jersey polls to pay attention, to pay no attention, I should say, to Monmouth University, that's off the quoted and false oracle, the media media regurgitates every election, the same outfit confidently predicted Amy Kennedy, yes, that's from the Kennedy family, would beat party switcher Jeff Van Drew in the 2nd Congressional District. It wasn't even close. Those of us who follow New Jersey politics closely know Emerson College is a more reliable source. Their polling, a recently released survey amongst very likely voters, showed Sattarelli leading Murphy 48 to 45 and independence leading toward Jack 56 to 32. So at this point, if McAuliffe loses to Yunkin, no big deal. If Sattarelli beats Murphy, that's a big deal. If both these states go Republican, that is, I mean, one or the other is huge,
1: but if they win both, wow. Yeah. As you were reading that, um i thought i remember this what what is the deal with new jersey electing democrats for governor that's former goldman sachs guys i I thought john corzine or corzine never how you say it what 10 10 plus years ago yeah um he was a goldman sachs investment banker so was murphy (laughs) and you know this is the party that always talks about evil wall street but they like to elect them as governors up in new jersey um
0: and yeah, the, it's interesting, and I, I can't remember now what it was. But Corzine didn't leave office, uh, you know, with a uh, halo over his head. Let me just put it that way. It, it, there was there was some controversy over his uh, at time as governor, and I think it was a reflection of his time as the uh, head of Golden Golden Sachs Golden as well.
1: You just call it government sacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, two big elections. Hopefully, uh, both of those will uh, go into the Republicans column. We got to take another time out. When we get back, a bizarre story concerning the mother of the boy that raped the ninth grader, the 15 year old up in Loudoun County. Uh, Boy, this family is nuts. (laughs) They are nuts. Stay with us, we'll tell you why. Is your drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Somebody just sent me a meme. How about you forget about this build back better thing and uh, instead try put it back the way you found it and leave me the hell alone. <laughs> <laughs> so up in Loudoun County, you remember the story, Scott Smith, he came in and... Um, came before the school board and talked about the fact that his 15-year-old ninth-grade daughter was raped in the girls' bathroom by a young teenage boy who was wearing a skirt. The mother has come out now, and she is now having a meltdown, saying that you're misrepresenting my son. I will read as much of this as I can without losing the license. Uh, Henry would not be too happy about that. Uh, Loudoun County, Virginia mom of the skirt-wearing teen accused of raping a female classmate in the girls' bathroom is speaking out in defense of her son, saying he's not transgender, he identifies as male, and he simply wanted sex. What? That's what she said. He, he was just—he's just a good boy who just wanted some sex. In October, an area judge found the student guilty of sexually assaulting a female student in the girls' bathroom. In May, the unnamed male was placed under electronic sur- uh, surveillance over the attack, but was later said to have groped another female at a different Loudoun County High School in early October. The woman who remains unnamed at the time of this reporting told the Daily Mail that her 15-year-old son is male and not transgender. She defended her son as simply engaging in the actions of a heterosexual hormonal teen who, in the case of the rape, had consensual sex with the girl twice before. He's a 15 year old boy that wanted to have sex in the bathroom with with someone that was willing. And they were twisting just enough to make it a hot, they were twisting it just enough to make a hot political button. The woman said that her son, who she admits is deeply troubled, you think? was only wearing a skirt that particular day because he has an adrogynous an, a, an, a a, a style. She explained he would wear a skirt one day and then the next he would wear jeans and a t-shirt or polo and go back and forth. He was trying to find himself, and that invited in, uh, involved all kinds of styles. I believe he was doing it because it gave him attention he desperately needed and sought. The woman added that her son described the assault to her in a way that made her believe the incident was all a misunderstanding. The two, according to the woman, met in the bathroom earlier that day. The, t- the female was not feeling well. So they came back later, and the deed was done. I'm I'm skipping over a lot of the uh, over overstatements. You don't need to know, but you can fill in the blanks.
1: So he had the same feeling at another school a few days later. Yeah, with another person. Yeah. How old Uh, How old is
0: this kid? Fifteen. If I was in a position where I was about to be raped, she said, "This is the mother. If I was in the position of the fifteen year old girl, I would be kicking and screaming and everything." You're fifteen. You can reasonably defend yourself. You're not just going to sit there and take it. And so, because there wasn't a the presence of a fight, he felt it was okay to keep on going. That's all I'm going to read because I don't. uh... But this woman is sick. She goes on to say, she does go on to say that um, my son has gone through multiple forms of counseling and therapy, resources here at school, friends and family. It's been 15 years of hell trying to get him to do better and do and to be better.
1: <laughs> it sounds like she needs to be into counseling herself. Yeah, you I think?
0: Uh, after hearing from this mom, you now know why this undisciplined kid is. And look, I understand there are there are great parents and the kids don't turn out well. But this sounds like a parent who's in La La Land and the son is in La La. Well, she's land.
1: Le- trying to legitimize what happened. And she, okay, she first of all said he's a deeply troubled kid, but then she believes his story about the incident. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Mm.
0: So um, getting back to Glasgow, the uh, deal over in Scotland that uh, Joe fell asleep in, now yeah. top Republicans are uh, wanting to have an account of all the carbon emissions spewed by Joe Biden And his political appointees, Senator Joni Ernst, Tom Cotton, Shelley Moore Capito of uh, West Virginia, sent a letter today to GAO's comptroller uh, general Gene Dudardo, Dudaro, I guess is how you pronounce it, asking for the total amount of emissions linked to the transportation for Biden, his cabinet secretaries, and political appointees to and from the conference. Biden and 13 of his cabinet secretaries traveled to Glasgow earlier this week to attend the conference. In addition, roughly 30,000 individuals are expected to be in attendance at the climate conference, sparking concerns about the spread of COVID and igniting debate over the vaccine disparities. While Biden continues to target American energy with harmful policies, he and his staff continue to rely on fossil fuel transportation. In the interest of transparency, we would like an answer to understand the total amount of emissions linked to the transportation. The senators also argued that Biden's revocation of the Keystone XL pipeline and the the termination of sanctions on Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline is in direct contrast to his attacks on the American energy independence. The result of this policy is that we're now more dependent on foreign adversaries for energy to run America, the senators warned. You know, I mentioned at the close of yesterday's program, the comments, this is cut two in there, Clark, the, this is the comment that Joe Biden made over the weekend just before the start of the conference. Now, re- remember, this is the guy that has ended the leases for drilling exploration on federal lands. He's backed off from fracking. He shut down the XL pipeline, and he has made the cost of gasoline increase by about 30% in uh, less than a year. It's gone up over a buck now from where it was a year ago. This is what Joe Biden said at the beginning of this conference over in Scotland.
1: When 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 the cost of a gallon of gasoline gets to above $3.35 $300, $3. a gallon, it has profound impact on working class families just to get back and forth to work. So I don't see anything inconsistent with that. But I do think that the idea that Russia and Saudi Arabia and other major producers are not going to pump more oil so people can have gasoline to get to and from work. For example, is uh, is, is 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 not is not right. <laughs> what did he just say? He's not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to some of his uh, statement today. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, The world has got to be laughing at the United States. He he was, and he uh, he took prepared questions. I mean, he'd have to look down at his cheat sheet to see who was calling on next. But why am I here? Yeah, exactly. But he, I mean, it would take him twenty minutes to just (laughs) respond to a simple question, and no. Come on. hmm. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man.
0: Uh, But but hypocrisy is the key word. This whole climate. (laughs) Well, you know, yesterday
1: I don't know if you watched the video of him. Falling asleep yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you noticed this, but the other people around him, number one, were all women for some of these other countries, all looked pretty young, which to me looked more like staffers. And I saw one that was right behind him. I couldn't see the country's name tag, but she just looked like some schoolgirl sitting there twisting her hair while he was sleeping, you know, twisting her hair with her hand. And then when the aide came up to wake him up, I actually think he was coming up and saying, uh, Mr. President, you're not supposed to be sitting here. We've got a staffer for this. Because, I mean, there was no other world leaders around him. I was kind of surprised. I, I really think he was at a wrong place at the wrong time. He, he was supposed to be back in the green room taking a nap. So he thought well,
0: he was. He thought he was in the green room taking a nap. <laughs> hey, we got to take a
1: time out. Stay with
0: us. More news and views coming right up. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! When we're not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon... He, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not. Um, Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to
1: news and let's news go. On
0: oh, yeah. Speaking of let's go, Brandon, you hear liberal CNN political analyst Joe Lockhart? Mm. who Joe has not missed a meal lately. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I, I, when I saw that I saw that article, I said, you know, I, that makes me feel better that I know I don't have the biggest head on TV. <laughs> <laughs> His head looked like a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> come, on, uh, come on, man, try the salad. <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, he has come out, and he is comparing the Let's Go Brandon slogan. That is coded rhetoric from Nazis... The Ku Klux Klan and ISIS. Gosh, Uh, Lockhart, a former Clinton press secretary, tweeted Monday, you know who also had coded statements like, let's go, Brandon, ISIS, the Klan, Nazis? Beginning to get the point, he asked. And boy, he got got slammed by uh, Six Ways from Sunday on uh, Twitter, Uh, basically saying, oh, yeah, well, so uh, they all drink water, too. So what's the deal? I, I mean, here's the thing. Although one individual, um, Christina Pushaw said, wait a minute, the Let's Go Brandon, the, the Republicans, the conservatives didn't make that up. Yeah, that, was an, right. that was a liberal NBC reporter who said
1: when they were saying, Aunt eh, Joe Biden, she's, oh, they're cheering Let's Go Brandon. Do you think, do you really think she came up with that or did she have a producer kind of like Clark. He said, "Okay, here's what you say. Let's go Brandon." You think she came up with that on if she did no that on clue. the fly, I I'm impressed. <laughs> no, no clue. Because it was clearly not let's go Brandon. But
0: that that is the most um I I mean she couldn't have possibly come up with something that has gotten repeated more times in the uh, I mean in the history of modern <laughs> politics.
1: And I think there's little kids at that, that that smaller race somewhere that uh, was announcing the gentleman star two engines and the little kid grabbed a microphone and say, let's go, Brand." I think, that, I think that spread it as much as anything. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm, sure,
0: I'm sure some of his little kids don't even know what they're saying, but they know that's what you're supposed to say. It's incredible. There you go. There you go. Um, by the way, did you hear uh, Colin Kaepernick's new documentary, which I guess it's on uh, Netflix? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, this guy is nuts. He is. Yeah, that's well, the common theme of liberals. They're all nuts. Kaepernick is coming out and this documentary is comparing NFL trading camps to selling slaves on the slave market. Literally.
1: You know you say he's nuts but but on Laughing the Laughing all side, the way to the bank. Yeah I, I think he's actually brilliant because I think the other the other nuts are the networks and, and yeah, people on Netflix. They're paying and them to do it. Paying them to do it. Nike and um, I think he's just taking advantage of The liberal nuttiness out there to make a buck. Yeah, I think you're right. On the other side of the spectrum, though,
0: Shaquille O'Neal, I love this comment. He was talking about how he wants to teach his kids the meaning of a dollar. Shaquille O'Neal is uh, he's got some deep pockets. He said to be worth $400 million. Um, But he says uh, his kids, he said, they're kind of upset with me. Not really upset, but uh, he said, listen, I tell them all the time, listen, we ain't rich. I'm rich, but we ain't rich. <laughs> I, like, I like Shaquille. He is good. Hey, thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll talk about the election tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody.
1: All right, all right, all right.